Good day, good day, good day, everyone. It's your boy, your homeboy, B-O-I. Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner, with another episode of the Pete the Planner Show. Joining me from Studio North is Damian Dunn. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. It is good to be back with you. So much has happened in the last five business days. Uh, <laughs> last week's entire show was dedicated to the one and only defender of the poor, Robin Hood, that sounded actually that the way I said that didn't mean what I meant. I was trying to do a joke about what Robin Hood used to be, right. and what it is now. Boy, have they done something to the bed in the last five days? Yeah, hasn't been great for them, has it? Has not been great. Jameson, hello on Facebook Live. It is good to be with you. Um, uh, so good day, Amanda Grace. Dame, here's what we're doing here today. We've got an email about car repairs. So we are the click and clack of the financial world today. Excellent. We've got an email about uh, some advice an advisor gave their client. Okay. And then I think we might talk a little bit more about Robinhood and uh, GameStop. And then, hello, Danza. And then uh, we must cover the biggest waste of money of the week of all time, which several people have sent it to us this week. And it's incredibly obvious of what we're going to choose. And then uh, current events. So, Dame, does that sound good to you? Yes, absolutely. Let's do this show. I mean, I find myself on another Friday where I have a tremendous amount to do at the conclusion of the show. And so I want to get started. Not that I want to all hang out with you, but we must get started. So in three, two, one, we are going to start the show. And I'm going to start. Three, two. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, ask Pete. One word, ask Pete at petetheplanner.com. Ask Pete at petetheplanner.com. You put your email in and guess what happens? We'll possibly answer your question. When I say we, I mean me, Peter, and uh, Damien, who is not related to me. We have the same last name. He's the vice president of advice at your money line. And hey, money. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. Dame, your voice is a little under the weather this week, but you're battling. You are a champion. Uh, you are the inspiration to this show on a minutely basis. Seems a little insincere. First email we got to this week is it says, Dear Dame, what? No, it come doesn't. on now. That's not right. It doesn't the, the email address is Ask Pete. It's not Ask Dame. Well, maybe they finally uh, made a realization on who actually helps here. Dear Dame, we've got a car problem. And well, based on your posters, you seem to be a car guy. We have a 2008 Lexus SUV in really solid condition, yet it needs about $3,000 in repairs. The Kelly Blue Book uh, is only $4,000, uh, the Kelly Blue Book value. I'm struggling to see how putting $3,000 into a $4,000 car makes any sense, but it's only got 158,000 miles, which isn't bad for a 2008 and we only put about 5,000 miles per year on it at this point in our lives. Really good car, but we are torn. Pete is funnier. Signed, Peter Nicholas Dunn. Oh, yeah, there we go. There. So the big reveal, y'all, um, we, we had a car conundrum this week. Uh, and let me tell you, when you happen to work with a bunch of financial geniuses, I put this in the FC team, which is our financial concierge team Slack channel, and just let all our geniuses like Dame weigh in on what to do which is pretty interesting because we actually got lots of different answers. Uh, but Dame, I put it to you. You're a car guy. Uh, what questions do you need to ask of me to solve this problem? Do you have much as much information as you need right now? Like, what do we do here? 
I, I think the really interesting part of your case is how much it gets used or how much it doesn't get used on um, an annual basis. Now, 5,000 miles could actually mean a lot of really small trips and that it gets uh, the, the snot used out of it. You're just not taking it, uh, you know, from home to, um, you know, vacation or, you know, uh, an hour's drive or anything like that. So it still may be a very valuable tool to your family. It just doesn't go very far on a day in day out basis. So am I close? It gets used very frequently, just very short trips or infrequently for normal size trips. Where are you at on that? Well, the reality is, uh, it is Mrs. Planner's car. Uh, our kids' school is one mile from both of our kids' schools, a mile from our house. Their sporting events are less than two miles from our house. Our grocery store is three miles from our house. It doesn't go anywhere. Oh, by the way, Danza just noted in her Facebook live comment, uh, she paid off her car this week. Hey, and so we would like to tell you that's why she was the 2020 listener of the year. And so we're very proud of you, Danza. So, Dame, so here's where I'm at. If we put $3,000 into this thing with our thought that we will drive it at least another three years with very little maintenance, I mean, I mean, we might have to put on some brakes, probably sure. not tires, maybe. Um, that's a pretty good deal. $1,000 cost uh, to drive the car a year, uh, as opposed to parting with a large chunk of money to purchase a new to us car, or if we chose to go the monthly route and, uh, you know, put four to $500 a month into that. Yeah. There's a few different ways you could pony up the cash now, make the repairs and get your use out of it for the next few years on a, a pretty reasonable cost. However, you don't know if anything else is going to happen that may cause you to, to shovel more money into it, but that's a risk that you might be willing to take in this uh, circumstance. Um, another option that, that nobody mentioned in our, our channel could you be a one-car family? This is interesting. Th this is really interesting. We're closer than we've ever been before, but I think it's because of the pandemic. The challenge becomes Wednesday, Stan. If uh, one kid has one sporting event and the other kid has the other sporting event and we, we got to split, like you can't really do it. You know, one thing that was brought up in our Slack channel is, well, you could just donate the car uh, and, and take a tax write-off. And and I, that was an interesting thought but to me if it's worth four thousand dollars and i could trade it in for four thousand dollars i would rather trade it in for four thousand dollars as opposed to take the tax write off right you're not going to trade it in for four thousand dollars though because it needs repairs and so they're going to take uh whatever the normal good condition would be subtract some off for the work they know they're going to have to do and you'll get maybe a thousand dollars out of it. Well, see, I, I disagree because I based the $4,000 based off it needing repairs. Oh, okay. All see, right. Look at me. You, you say you're not a car guy. I'm not a car guy, but here's what we ended up doing. It's funny how you get put in these jams. And then within minutes you go from, it looks like we're getting a new car today to, you know what, let's just pick the car back up. It's drivable. And let's think about what to do. And then within 10 minutes, we said, you know what? Let's do the repairs. We have, that's why you have an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. you, 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 the car is fine. A, our kids are disasters when it comes to treating our cars correctly. I mean, our kids don't eat grape jelly on a regular basis, but it feels like there's grape jelly in our car at all times. Yeah. Right. So, so there's that. Uh, then there's this also this idea of like the last thing we really want to deal with right now 
is, oh, we got a new car. Like, I don't need that in my life, right? Yeah. So we, uh, I'm actually, it is already repaired. It was already repaired. I'm picking it up this afternoon. I'm giving them 3,200 American dollars. And uh, keep your fingers crossed that this doesn't become a weekly segment here on this show, the travesty that is our car situation. I mean, the other option is to do the very caramel thing and uh, get your Mrs. Planner a, a new car for Valentine's Day. I, I could absolutely do that. And our birthday's not far off. We could, we could absolutely do that. I will say this, and this was interesting in our chat here, in our group chat, is uh, some people fancy themselves a car person. I like a new car, it, whether you're a man, woman, whatever. Like people think, like, I'm a car person. A, we're not really car people, neither Mrs. Planner nor I. So that actually makes this a lot easier. Like we just don't want the hassle. Sometimes when people say they don't want the hassle, what they'll do is they'll get a car under warranty. And then that's how they deal with not having a hassle. To us, the way to not have a, to be hassled with it is to not outlay money on a regular basis because we don't really care anyway. And I will say I have a lot of bad things in my financial life that I'm not exactly, uh, well, not a lot of bad things, the things I'm not necessarily proud of. The fact that I really don't care about cars that much is, 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 is a good thing for me. Yeah, I think the key here is, and you just hit it on it, if you are confident or reasonably confident that you can put some cash into um, this, this vehicle that has 150 some thousand miles on it and get a reasonable service life out of it beyond this, uh, at least something that you're comfortable with, that's a pretty easy decision. If you don't need the latest and greatest uh, car that's rolling down the road, keep what you got, maintain it as well as you can, uh, repair it when it needs repaired, and let it keep on going. Who cares what somebody would give you on trade for if you're happy with it and you can uh, be comfortable with uh, the money that you're spending on it? What about the report that I saw this morning? By the way, Craig P. Anderson always makes this show. Hello, Andrew, uh, there on Facebook as well. Craig says he's owned four cars his entire life and he's 54. Come on, Craig, you're not 54, you're at least 60. All right, so Dame, um, I have no, oh, what about the news this week that the Biden administration was going to cancel all auto loans? You would fall on that? You did all not see loans. that. Yeah, you're just trying to get under Dan's skin. I'm just kidding. Um, he's not doing that. Uh, but we, we should probably talk about the student loan debate has heated up again. Biden administration wants 10,000. A bunch of other Democrats want 50,000 of student loan forgiveness. Like what is actually going to happen? Actually, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about that after the break. We'll do okay. that. We'll do the GameStop story. And then in the third segment, we'll do the question about a financial advisor. All that's next here on the Damian Andrew Dunn Show. I'm this week's guest host, Peter Dunn. Thanks for being at the show. We'll be back after this. That was me not hitting the post, yeah. trying to think of things to say. And so that we didn't sound dumb on the radio. So what will happen is when we listen back on the radio, that will sound dumb. I, I thought you were going to give our social security numbers since you gave our full names too. I was just waiting for it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on this week. So anyway, everybody, I'm always, oh, here's Craig's car lineup. Uh, Ford Pro. Oh, I'm going to give my car lineup, I think. No, maybe I don't do it. Ford Probe, Toyota Camry. G Craig, you're total Ford Probe guy. A uh, Jeep <laughs> Wrangler and a Highlander. Dame, what was your first car? Have we talked about this in the show? Uh, my first car was a 1986 Pontiac Fiero. Oh, I got to reset. GT uh, had the forsaken me. famous well, four-cylinder, Iron Duke. 
and have possibly the smallest gas tank known to man. I had a Plymouth Sundance, a red Plymouth Sundance, yeah. 1990, I believe. Um, yeah, that was my first car. Manual? Uh, was it a manual? Yeah. No, but it had a manual in the glove box. Um, Dave, did you hear my kids melting down in the last segment by any chance? No. They are home from school because of icy conditions and whatnot, and it's caramel. So um, I felt like I, I heard quite the dust up out there. It did not translate to our audience, so I'm... I'm we afraid to go out there. I'm going to be honest. At the conclusion of the show, Mrs. Planter's look on her face will not be a good one, and there could be some timeouts. Well, the good news is she's got a car coming. <laughs> yeah, a car with heat. With heat. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, did a little parenting between the break. That's how it works now. We all work from home. We broadcast from home. We educate from home. This is who we are. Damien, a couple stories this week that, that we should cover before we get to current events. Um, first, the student loan forgiveness talk is heating up once again. Uh, I'll tell you this. Um, a, a lot of Democrats in Congress are really, really, really pushing for $50,000 of forgiveness per person, uh, which, is, which is a lot. Uh, there's $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. And I believe I read that that would eliminate $700 billion of that student loan debt. And of course, the Biden administration is more apt to try to push through $10,000 of student loan forgiveness. And if I'm forced to choose between the two, I think I will take the latter. Um, but there's also the option of whether student loan forgiveness on a mass scale makes any sense at all. I believe it does personally, but I think not at a $50,000 tune. What, what happens next? We've talked about this a lot, but this is the latest breaking, breaking, breaking news here. What do you think happens? Uh, I still think that this continues to be debated uh, somewhat intensely over the next few months and that they have a solution ready to push forward in time in September for the to line up with the uh, uh, student loan payment moratorium to come to an end. So I think this is going to come to a resolution sooner rather than later. And if I had to guess, it's going to be the smaller amount, not the larger amount. I think so too. I mean, um, I'll say this. And, and again, I, we don't try to make the show political, but, but here's the thing, guys, um, the things we're talking about are the economics that affect you and I, all of us on this call, on this call. What, what am I doing? I'm on this Zoom call now. Oh my God. Lord, help me. Um, but they, they, help, they, they, they help or hurt all of us, right? The, the economics here. That's why even the $1.9 trillion bill being passed through the way it's being passed through, I don't think Congress is going to do that again with this $50,000 forgiveness thing. I think you get that one shot to appropriately or inappropriately muscle your your legislation through and i just don't think they're going to do it again no I, I think they've got to be really really careful with the steps that they take here and if they go to the well too many times where they just start pushing things through uh using uh reconciliation it's going to set a really bad precedent going forward so uh, hopefully uh cooler heads prevail there's some uh, some cooperation from, from people on both sides of the aisle. And we've come to a nice little resolution. Dame GameStop uh, sort of went nuts. Um, when we were doing the show last week, I think it was still trading in the high three hundreds to 400 range. Well, since then 
Uh, it's not. It's now trading at $62 a share. It has lost, I'm not even doing that, lots. 75% of its value or whatever. I don't know, who cares? Um, Dame, I'll speak for myself. You can speak for yourself. I'm not an I told you so sort of person. I just don't find it useful or helpful. Do you fancy yourself as an I told you so sort of person in your personal life? I don't verbalize it. I just kind of smirk. Right. That's the thing about not necessarily being an I told you so sort of person. You don't have to verbalize it to have the same joy of going, hmm. That being said, everything we said on the show last week, which is completely dedicated to the Reddit GameStop Robinhood thing, every single thing we said came true this week. And that gives me a high degree of pleasure. And here's why. Um, there were so many opinions out there about what was going on of, you know, eat the rich and the hedge funds are the evil guys and this and that and the other. I, I get it. It's an emotional thing, but there were so many uninformed opinions weighing in that it just clouds people who actually understand it, who, if you just settle down, they'll explain it to you and it will happen exactly like that. That being said, there was also a story this week about how some hedge funds got on the other side of this thing. And one made $700 uh, million dollars on this. So listen, uh, the GameStop thing, these things will not happen again. These things will not happen to this degree again. And this idea that a bunch of people banded together to beat up on the hedge funds, but then they broke apart as their own personal interests started to filter in. Who, who saw that coming, right? Yeah, I say what you want, but hedge funds are typically filled with lots of really, really smart people. They got pretty brazen with some of the stuff that they were doing uh, recently or, or maybe for a little bit longer term. And people finally had the tools to catch them on, on some of the stuff that they were doing and they got caught. But you can be sure going forward that there's going to be new strategies, new plans, and the chances that they're going to leave themselves out to dry like this in the future, probably pretty slim. And then that Thunder Kitty guy or whatever his name was, the <laughs> Roaring Kitty. What is it? Roaring Kitty. Roaring Kitty. I thought it was Thunder Kitty. I like Thunder that Kitty. Was, that was a cartoon. Oh. Anyway, Thunder Kitty uh, was employed with Mass Mutual um, as late as, I believe, January 28th, which was last uh thursday maybe right maybe maybe i think he was in their marketing department though i don't think he was actively talking to people i don't know i'll just say that the, he's in trouble <laughs> i actually watched five minutes of one of his videos this weekend have you watched one no so for those that don't know thunder kitty or what is his name roaring kitty roaring kitty roaring kitty is a man and he has a real name but his screen name is is thunder kitty and he worked for uh, a securities firm um, in the financial wellness education department, oddly enough. <laughs> and he uh, was one of the main people behind this Wall Street Bets uh, Reddit board. And he had a, a huge YouTube following. So I watched one of his videos from six months ago about GameStop. And, and I'll tell you, he was right. I mean, I'm not making fun of him in the sense that he's wrong. He doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, he was exactly right. The question is if what he was doing was legal based on the position he held and the licenses he may or may not held at the time and his employment agreement and what he owes uh, in regards to FINRA and SEC, those sort of obligations. But uh, yeah, Dame, nothing surprises me. Robinhood just opened back up all trading uh, back on GameStop and AMC over the, overnight here. 
today's February 5th as we as we speak. So and Robin Hood's gonna have a Super Bowl ad, Dame. Yeah, that'll be really interesting, won't it? Yeah, I I th- I don't think the world's gonna like that. And I also have to tell you. Uh, that Robinhood IPO is still coming later this year, and I think it's going to go gangbusters. And this is not to say invest in it. This is not investment advice. I believe Robinhood will become the Facebook-level disruptor in the financial services world because they simply don't care when these horrible things happen and it, because it, it doesn't hurt them. It, it just doesn't hurt them. They have more downloads of their app last week than they've ever had. It was absolutely ridiculous and we had a story a couple weeks ago they're going to try and pivot and start to uh, build out some of their services include new ones to be more um, attractive to uh, groups that they don't uh, have very very good participation from now this put a lot of press on them and it's going to stay there for a while and i think they're going to use it to their advantage pivot and they're going to be all right it might be a little rough sailing for a while but it's going to be okay Dame, did you have any thoughts on your friend Dave Portnoy, a CEO of Barstool, announcing that he thinks Robin Hood CEO should be in jail because Dave Portnoy lost seven hundred thousand dollars because of all of this? What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Dave likes publicity because uh, it's kind of who he is, and if you can make outrageous claims and be uh, filled with what you perceive as righteous anger, then you're going to get some cameras in front of your face, and so that's what he did. He's completely wrong, but but uh, that's what he did. It's funny. We always talk these days. We talk a lot about free speech and what you're able to say and, and what you can't say. You are allowed to say something that's wrong. You, you can say something that that's your pen. You can say something that's wrong. And the reality is you just have to deal with the consequences of that. You know, like you can say whatever you want, but there are consequences to, to what you say. Yeah, he was he was preaching to his choir, though. Uh, nobody, nobody that follows him cares that he's angry about this. They, they, they believe him. It would be interesting if Robin Hood uh, would ever litigate against him, but I think they get so much free press from him. I don't think they would. Coming up after the break, and a question about an advisor. All that's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. I bumped up against it. Oh, I'm so curious to know who's in trouble in the other room in my house. (laughs) All right, let's play some bets. Let's play a little win, lose, or jail for my family members. Okay. So here are the players. There's Mrs. Planner, who's a win. Cool win. What's that? She will win. She she won. She will win. Uh, there's my daughter Ollie, who's 11, who has my personality. So we're looking at loser jail for her. Probably lose short term and long term. Lose right now. Yeah. And then there's Theodore, who is an eight year old, and he he's been a button presser here the last couple of weeks so he could also end up in the lose column i think that's the room jail for him yeah. right for for the foreseeable future all right let's reset the audio dame and i have loosely committed to changing how we run the show from a, a technical standpoint in the coming weeks i just didn't have the patience for it today i'd rather have the patience to deal with all this other garbage but uh whatever all right, Dame, are you ready for this next segment with this question I need to pull up here? Here we go. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, this is, I think, a pretty long question. I'm going to start reading it. Uh, good day, unrelated brothers done. I had a conversation with a coworker about HSAs that was quite frankly stunning. 
We both have one and we're singing its praises. Then he told me how his advisor is having him use his. We both contribute to the the max to our HSA every year, by the way, side note, same. I love an HSA and both have around $1,500 of medical expenses a year. I shared that I had built mine up to the minimum uh, $4,000 last year and was now investing everything over that. He shared that he had his invested with his advisors managing the investment, but an advisor has him use out-of-pocket money to cover his $1,500 a year in expenses so that the entirety of the HSA contributions each year can be invested. Outside of the advisor having more money to manage and charge a fee on, I cannot fathom a reason to not use the HSA money to cover medical expenses. Am I missing something? Is there any argument to use after-tax money instead of pre-tax money to bolster the investment invested amount? The only thing I could think of was he needs a new advisor. Am I wrong? Thank you for everything you do. This person's name. P.S. All his advisor doing is telling him which investment mix to choose, which the HSA investment tool has an automated system to do. So he is paying his advisor's fee, then the fee associated with each fund within the HSA. Personally, I just have it in the S&P 500 index fund available, which costs four basis points and no advisor fee on top of that. Oh my gosh, Dave, I didn't realize how much I was going to love this question. (laughs) Because, you know, I don't prepare for the show. No. So much here, and I love this. What do you think? Uh, in my personal opinion, uh, I think the uh, the idea of funding your HSA but paying for your expenses out of pocket, if you can do that, if you can afford to do that, it's a fantastic idea. It's a great idea, and I'm I've thought of it, but maybe not in such clear terms. But that's brilliant. Yeah, you, you've got the triple tax advantage of the HSA. It's growing, and it's going to grow, if you've, especially if you've got a long time period before you uh, retire. You're going to have a huge pool of money set aside for medical expenses or whatever else you want under current rules as they are now. Who knows what HSA rules are going to be by the time uh, you retire? Check local listings for age. Um, but if you can manage to fund that, and pay for your expenses out of your pocket, think of it as almost like another IRA contribution at this point. So you've got a pool of money to use specifically for health expenses when you retire, or maybe something else if you absolutely have to. But man, paying for it out of pocket, go for it. Now, should he be paying for uh, the advisor to help him pick investments? That's a different question. There are some people that have zero desire to pick investments, manage investments, whatever the case is. And I am not going to sit here and shame somebody for paying somebody to do that. That's a reasonable expense to do because if, if you don't think you are um, confident in your abilities to do that, or maybe you're overconfident in your abilities to do that, then by all means, get a professional roped into it. Will the S&P 500 work out for the emailer long-term? I hope so because tons of people got money invested in the S&P 500. I hope it works great. But uh, if somebody wants help with their investment allocation or, or choices, pay for it. That's fine. So I think the advisor earned their fee with the simple suggestion of to use out-of-pocket money to pay for medical expenses. So uh, 
all types of people listen to this program and, and you and I serve all different types of people in, in the performance of our job, right? So that is to say, this advice isn't for everyone. It's, a, it's the advice for people who can afford to do it. Like, this is the sort of strategy that actually widens the wealth gap, but not in a gross way. It's because when you have additional capital to solve problems with, you can more uh, take advantage of tax benefits. And, and this is a perfect example of that because that $1,500 per year uh, stays tax deferred and it continues to grow and compound. It's not pulled out. I mean, I could do the math on it right now if I really cared to, but pulling $1,500 uh, per year out of an investment over a 20 year period, Dame, that is going to be a, now I almost want to do it. Stand by. We're going to figure this out. Okay. We're going to figure this out. We're going to do it the reverse way. $1,500. I got a easy financial calculator app. Do you ever use that one? No, I'll check into it though. It's pretty good. Okay. So let's say uh, we're going to start with zero is the principal amount, a monthly deposit of, we'll call it uh, 1200 bucks or pardon me, 120 bucks a month. Okay. Are you good with that? Take it. Yes. Okay. So I guess where we want to go. No, that's 2,500. Let me back that down. But you guys, I am a financial professional. No, 120 bucks. Okay. Period. Let's say uh, 240 months. And let's say that as going at 8% rate of return, this strategy will result in a $71,000 difference in balance, estimated balance, $71,000 difference. That's at least one ambulance trip, right? At least. That's a brilliant strategy. Dame, a, a, a HSA is great, not only for tax reasons, but it's a very realistic acceptance that when we're older, we're going to have more medical expenses. And I would rather use tax favored money to pay for those than to use my retirement assets to pay for those health expenses. And so uh, emailer, Pepe, as he said, he wants to be called, although I you know, Pepe, I'll tell you this, Pepe, your friend is right. His advisor is really good. And by the way, your S&P 500 fund is fine. Do I think an advisor should charge someone to advise them on our HSA? I don't know if I really care. I mean, it worked. It's to the tune of $71,000 over a 20 year period based on an 8% rate of return in $120 a month worth of deposits. Yeah, maybe uh, the other person in this uh, is being referred to in this email has some other assets with this advisor, and it's just part of the the overall fee that's being being paid. Who knows? But um, I I have no problems here with either side, honestly. Yeah, yeah, right. This isn't. That's a really good point, Dame. Sometimes we we pit our strategies against each other, like one's right and one's wrong. It's never that way. Well, sometimes it's that way, but it's not that way here. We have some really good questions coming in on Facebook Live right now. So let's hit them. Jeremiah says, if you want the investment vehicle, great. We have a similar thing going on in our house. But when I changed jobs, I also had to roll it into a different vendor, common. Uh, I was getting bled to death by monthly fees. Yeah, I mean, the fees within these HSAs can be predatory to some degree. So you have to really watch out. Amanda Grace uh, asks, is there a difference between types of HSAs? I used to have access to an HSA at an old job. 
uh, that was a savings account and earned less interest than the monthly fee. Again, fees can kill you. Dame, some HSAs allow you to invest the capital within it. Others do do not. Um, is there something a person can do if their organization does not support the investment thing? Can they put it out and put it into a different account or are they just out of luck? I'd check with your HR to see if they support uh, outside HSAs uh, for their program. But uh, you may be stuck with whatever v- vendor they have set up for you. But once you have a separation of service, then you could very easily move that into uh, an HSA with, uh, I think Fidelity provides a, a free option and a few other uh, players are coming on scene that have very nice options as well that are a very, very low or no fee for you. I have to say this might be, it's early in 2021. It's only February 5th. This might be my favorite financial tip of the year that we're stealing from an advisor who gave to a guy's coworker and we're taking it as our favorite tip of the year so far. If you can afford it, max out your HSA, have it properly allocated and invested for the future. And if you have nominal, like $1,500 a year in medical expenses, pay for it out of pocket. Uh, and it is a much better method of managing your money. That is the tip of the day. Thank you, advisor. Thank you. Well worth the fee someone else paid him. Yes. <laughs> Dame, coming up after the break, the biggest waste of money of the week ever on this show. Everyone knows what it is. It's coming. And that's next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. I know less than three people send this to me this week. Good. So people are into it. I don't want to show my imagery of it because it just the imagery bothers me. I don't know why. Like totally. It's, it's not. Yeah. Well, imagine when it's real. I think it is real now. Oh, it is now? Oh, yeah, it's done. Oh. Don't don't blow it. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. I mean, I can what is gonna happen when I go in that other room? I think I heard my daughter just melting down in like really faux hard tears. You need to go out there with like you know this this really great upbeat happy attitude, you know, like top of the world. Hey, what's wrong with you, Skipper? When this is all said and done, we may all four of us in our household have to go on separate vacations at the same time just to get out of each other's face. Yeah, you know how when you're on vacation, sometimes it's harder as a family because. You're forced to parent on the road. You don't have your home accessories to help you deal with, especially if you like rented a house or something. It's actually more intense and you never get away. Like this whole pandemic, it's like at some point in time, I mean, we got to be apart. Yeah. I mean, you and Mrs. Planner can take a vacation and leave the kids with a bag of Doritos. I don't know. I really feel based on duties. And, and what we, we do on a regular basis, because I'm doing this sort of stuff. I feel like I need to send Mrs. Planner like somewhere for like three weeks, just for her own sanity. Could you survive for three weeks without Mrs. Planner in the house? No. 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 I mean, you know, who would make fun of me? It's <laughs> true. True. Uh, you could step up for that. All right, Dan, let's do it. Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is the Boam, of course. Biggest waste of money is has been around as long as the show's been around. So I don't know, 12, 13. No, I don't, I don't know. Don't care. It's been several years, at least a decade. Dame, this 
this might be my current all time beat my current all time favorite biggest waste of money of the week, which was a dog running service in Chicago. That's my, <laughs> that's the one. It was one of the earliest ones ever you would pay. It wasn't a dog walking service. If you had an athletic dog, you could pay this person, this service to come and run your dog for you. I don't know. It seems to make some sense to me. Get the energy out for those dogs. It makes a lot of sense, but it also, it just seems like a waste of money. I don't know. I'm rude. This one, this one's so intense. Lil Uzi Vert. It's a rapper. Oh, Lil Uzi Vert, Dame. Okay. Is he one of your guys? I mean, you like that Lil, Lil Uzi Vert? I got posters waiting to go up on my wall next week. His real name is Samir Beisel Woods. He's known professionally as Lil Uzi Vert. Oh, it's not, uh, he's it's not on his birth certificate. What's that? It's not on his birth certificate. I don't know. He's also known as C Lab Vertical. Ringy, Baby Pluto, Suzuki, and Uzi London. Anyway, he had a augmentation on his head. Like yeah. he had a $24 million pink diamond pierced, surgically added to his face in the middle of his forehead. It is about the size of a lima bean you would fear. Like it is the size of a prune, I would say. Both things you don't want. In the middle of his hat. Damn. It's 11 carats. There's so much here. Number one. To spend $24 million on, on jewelry. Now I've got to look up Lil Uzi Vert's net worth. Right? It's not jewelry. It's a stone. Yeah, that's a good point. Are his net worth. Oh my God. I mean, I, I I don't ever know what to believe on the internet, but that worth is said to be $16 million. So where's the math here? $24 million diamond placed in your forehead on a $16 million net worth. I you think of the security you're going to have to hire to walk around with you at all times. So somebody doesn't walk up and punch you and rip it out of your head. Yeah, here, here's what I'm thinking. Let's say you're sledding. Let's say you're outside, oh. you're sledding. You hit your head uh, on a snowbank. A diamond is the hardest surface in the world. There's no give. It's going into your skull and your little Uzi vert is no longer vertical. It's little Uzi horizontal yeah. because he's dead. Maybe he's got a separate little helmet for the diamond and then a helmet that goes around that. What was the what was the Johnny Quest? Did you ever watch that cartoon? We yeah. were Johnny Quest yeah. and Haji, yeah. which is you know seems a bit pejorative. Anyway, the kid had a um, a turban on, and then but he had a jewel in the turban. Well, who was who was writing these cartoons in the eighties? Are you an Avengers fan? Uh, I don't mind Avengers. Oh, it's a wait, Vision. 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 Yeah. Totally. Wonder if that's what he was going for. It's an infinity stone, not a diamond, Pete. Hiding it in plain sight. Amanda offers on Facebook Live, uh, so you know it's accurate because this is coming via Facebook Live <laughs> live chat. The article says it took him four years to pay it off, and now it has to be removed before it turns fatal. What? 
Anyway, Dame, that's this week's biggest waste of money of the week. Dame, what's in current events this week? This week's blizzard in New York City turned into a windfall for intrepid teenagers who discovered the old-fashioned rewards of shoveling snow for big bucks due to flurry of demand. A flurry of demand, Pete. Kyle, a 17-year-old in Brooklyn who started shoveling this winter, said he used to be addicted to lounging with video games and television. But after months trapped indoors by the pandemic, he jumped to join a friend seeking snow jobs during the storm. Working from dawn until 11 p.m., temperatures that dipped well into the 20s on Monday, they made about $500 to share. Not bad. They were at it again Tuesday despite some sore arms and backs. His mom, Melissa, said she was thrilled. I'm excited he's off the couch, she said. Now, this is the interesting part, Pete. Okay. The average price for snow removal in New York City for a townhouse in the city Monday was... Can I guess? Yes. $200. $150. Oh. $150. When we were kids, I mean, it was five bucks, two bucks a driveway. Yeah. $150 for a townhouse in the city and $190 for a standard suburban home, according to Shoveler an app that matches clients with snow job seekers. I downloaded this app, Pete. I have signed up for it for my kids, essentially. And this will probably come as zero surprise to you. Northeast Indiana hasn't caught on to the app Shoveler yet. So uh, we're out there uh, looking for jobs, but nobody's uh, saying they want us to come shovel. I love everything about what you just said. Um, There is no more pure level of entrepreneurship than shoveling snow. Uh, especially when you're a kid. And I love that you're doing that as a dad because you're a great dad. And I also have to say that assessment that it has not caught on in Northeast Indiana would also lead us to admit that it probably will not on in Northeast Indiana until global warming has exploded our entire planet. Correct. So we're going to transition now from kids uh, making money the old fashioned way through labor and, and stick-to-itiveness to Well, over the course of Lionel Messi's illustrious career, it's always a given that the FC Barcelona star has been well compensated for his talents. There's never been a better time to be quite possibly the greatest player in history on one of the world's richest clubs. You could assume that Messi was paid along the lines of the world's top athletes like Patrick Mahomes or LeBron James and Mike Trout. But thanks to a leak from a Spanish newspaper, Well, we know you'd be wrong to assume that. Very, very wrong. The numbers, Pete, the contract that Messi signed in 2017 was $674 million for the entire contract. $167 million per year, $139 million for a renewal fee. Man, you thought your renewal fees were tough, but $139 million. And a $94.6 million loyalty bonus in 2020 dollars. That's unbelievable. And then he ended up suing people for leaking that. So he's going to probably find some additional financial compensation. Now, I don't want to speak out of turn here. I don't know why I would care about that now. Um, And no, I'm not going to make the joke. This could get messy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But didn't he have some tax evasion issues? Uh, He might have, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, um, that's a lot of money, Dame. But look, here's the thing. 
I, I tend to not get upset about what athletes can get paid because there's a market for it. It is economics. They generate revenue for their clubs. The owners of the clubs have to make a decision whether that's a good investment. Just like if you and I were saying, hey, should we get a new copy machine? You know, could those copies speed along the, the what we do business and what we pay for it uh, is all, all taken into consideration there. So that doesn't bother me. And that man has magical footwork. Yeah. The, I think the most impressive thing is how short this contract was. How many years was it? I think it was four. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, quarterback, Kansas City Chiefs, playing in a big football game this weekend. 10-year contract, $500 million. Mm -hmm. Mike Trout, 12-year contract, $420 million. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh one last thing, Uber announced Tuesday it's acquiring alcohol delivery service Drizzly for $1.1 in stock and cash. Pete, uh, you will be able to have de alcohol delivered straight to your house. I, I think this could be a, a, a game changer. Well, I'll tell you this, that Drizzly um, does already deliver alcohol straight to my house and has, uh, not because I was lazy, but someone gifted me alcohol and they sent Drizzly to deliver it and... It's also worth noting that about uh, a half mile from my home, easy walk, uh, is an amazing liquor store where I could uh, go get it myself and work off, you know, some of those calories. Wow. It has not made its way to Northeast Indiana yet. <laughs> it has not. By the way, congrats on typewriter that just made its way to Northeast Indiana. Uh, we're looking for that ribbon. All the show's over. Hey, send you good vibes. Good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show blew right past it as i was making fun of you it's all right um, it'll be worth it producer won't care okay here's the thing i i'd love to hang out and exchange pleasantries but i have got to go find out what happened dame i will send you a slack the rest of you i will update you next week okay so what are our bets again okay mrs planner is Win. not gonna be the winner here because she, she's gonna be upset and so oh. that makes me also the loser loser yeah i think i think ted's in big trouble I don't know. I'm gonna. Is, this, find is out. this a house full of losers at this point? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. See you, man. See you, everybody. See you.